Hello and welcome to Within the Mist, a podcast about cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries, where we walk within the mist and meet some of the more interesting people in the paranormal field. Today, I am joined by two individuals who want to talk about their paranormal experiences and abilities. First, we have Courtney Batista, an investigator of the last seven years, who has had her first paranormal experience back at the age of 13. Now, she lives in South Carolina, where she discovers more about the unknown and able to find people who accept her and are able to catch evidence of the unknown. She uses her free time to travel and help people feel comfortable in their home or business and make peace with the spirits that they find before them. We are also joined by Kelly, who was born and raised in Savannah, Georgia. Her interest in the paranormal began as a young child due to experiences she would have picking up other people's emotions. As an empath, she grew in the paranormal with experiences and around the age of 14 started investigating cemeteries and other haunted locations. And she has continued investigating through her adult life. Being an empath, she is highly attuned to the energies and emotions around her and is exceptionally sensitive to people's emotions and frame of mind. This gives her the ability to sense when a spirit or entity is near her when doing an investigations, as she also takes on the emotions as her own. She's worked with a Reiki master to become more in tune with her abilities and not let it affect her mental health when she experiences these sometimes strong, empathetic feelings. So... Courtney and Kelly, uh, thank you for coming to the show. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. Oh, uh, it, I I prefer talking to living people because I have done interviews with ghosts before and they make horrible liars. <laughs> I mean, you can see right through them. I'm going to use that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have forewarned you that this is not a dad joke free zone. So, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, again, welcome to the show. Um, Courtney, we've talked before. I've been a fan of your TikTok videos and your experiences that you've had going out doing different investigations. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got started? I got started when I moved to Georgia, really, is when I really got into the paranormal field, only because then I became surrounded with people that took on the same mindset as me. Back home in South Carolina, where I was raised, that was few and far between. You know, we were kind of like a black sheep of the family in South Carolina. But here in Savannah, you find plenty of people who believe in the paranormal. So you don't feel as insane as everybody else makes you think you are. <laughs> well, um, Savannah has the moniker of being the most haunted city in the United States. Would you consider that correct? Hell yeah, no doubt. <laughs> And why is that? Why do you think there is so much uh, paranormal energy there? Well, you got to think to begin with, you're walking on a cemetery. You're walking on graves. That alone is pretty haunting. But there's so the historical side of Savannah is, I feel, where everything is set in stone. There's so much. Could it be like horror or gruesome acts or even some of the good emotions? It all It's all set to just have feelings, emotions. And that alone, I believe, just makes it paranormal. You know, there's so many emotions that can be taken into account for. Mm. Yeah, I, I find that would be true as well. 
And Kelly, you also started at a very young age. Uh, how did that get started for you? Well, um, like I said, when I, I was 14, um, we, me and my friends would get together. We would start playing with Ouija boards. Um, and then we would go do them in the cemeteries, you know, or find a abandoned house or something like that and start, you know, playing with the Ouija board. And um, at that point, um, we started having very strange occurrences happen around us. We had candles lit um, in an area where there was no wind, they blew out. Um, the Ouija board actually just up and flew across the room and slammed against the wall. Um, at that point, my curiosity got the best of me and <laughs> it piqued my interest. So from that point on, I started investigating. Back then, you didn't have the tools that we have these days. So, you know, you went off whatever you had, like a tape recorder or, or something like that. Um, dowsing rods, uh, the Ouija board. So that, that's where it all got started. <laughs> so both of you and you can answer in any order that you wish your first experience it doesn't sound like it was more it was frightening to you it was more uh intriguing or curiosity uh peaking uh so what was your first experience how did you feel you can go first kelly go ahead <laughs> <laughs> i was pretty freaked out um oh you were <laughs> at, at first and then it was like but what actually did that? I thought this was a game. You, you know, when you're young, you, you think it's just all a game, but it really wasn't. So that's that's kind of what kind of started piquing my interest in that. And then plus I had other experiences as well. You know, not only with that, I, I as a child, I would see figures. Um, I would hear voices. Uh, they would actually try and speak to me and I couldn't understand it. So I wanted answers. I, I'm the person who always looks for answers in something. There's an explanation. <laughs> There's got to be. And for you, Courtney? I'm kind of the same with Kelly. At first, it was a little frightening. Like, what the hell did I just witness? Like, am I, am I losing my mind here? I can't be the only one who didn't see that. You know, I was uh, with my two cousins at the time. And uh, I was like, oh, maybe we're just seeing things. You know, we're at a sleepover. Things get creepy, you know what kids do. Right. But then she was like, well, no one's home. I was like, oh, so I wonder who could that could be? Uh, well, that's where it kind of just not. Well, we just saw something, you know, I don't know what we saw, but we saw something. She saw it. She saw it. So I know I'm not losing my mind here. Uh, but ever since then, I felt like I wanted more answers. Like I need to verify what I saw because I don't want anyone else thinking I'm insane. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm with you on that. You got to verify it. <laughs> and so I, I assume you both started on your own and taking your own paths. How did your paths cross together? Um, well, our paths crossed with our previous team we were a part of. Uh, we became uh, good friends. At first, I didn't want to talk to nobody including Kelly. I was like, nah, I'm not dealing with nobody. I'm not a people person, you know, and I have to admit that I'm pretty self alone. I like being to myself. So I didn't want to talk to her right off. But we did a residential case together. And we clicked, we investigated beside each other. And we could just, you know, whenever that clicks, you know, you can work off one another pretty well. So it wasn't like 
taking someone's spotlight or we just clicked. It was natural. And that's how we crossed paths. We worked as a team together and we worked very well. And like she said, we just clicked. Okay. So you do investigations together. How does that normally work? Uh, does Who picks out the location? Uh, well, we can do locations. We're like, hey, this place looks interesting. Why don't we go check that out? I, I heard it's got interesting history. You might you know, want a weekend getaway or something, but we take on residential calls. So you could just be out in the grocery store and I have magnets on my car. And if people are like, oh, do you do that? Yeah. You know, we have me and some friends, you know, we like to help people and they come to me. I give them the business number and they're just like, I need your help. And I reach out to Kelly and she reaches out to some more people. And it's like, all right, let's go help this homeowner who needs help. That's how it kind of works. Okay. So Kelly, when you get a call to visit a residence, how does that normally work? Well, normally what we do first is we go out and do a preliminary hearing. Uh, hearing, I'm sorry, scratch that. <laughs> Part of my job, <laughs> do a preliminary investigation. Um, and we gather as much evidence as we can to see if we're even going to have a case to go on the full on investigation. So we, we kind of have to decide going in in the first place, talking to the homeowner, getting all the information. Before we even go, we like to do research. Um, you know, maybe the land dates back to the 1800s and maybe there was a lot of murders there or, or, or something, a lot of death. And, you know, just getting that research before we go into it gives us a better idea of what could be going on to help us investigate better. Okay. So you go what to the county records, the library type thing? The library, county records, um, courthouse sometimes have things. Um, internet has a lot more than what you think it is. You can pull up deeds, um, death certificates, stuff like that. Anything you can get legally it's on the internet i hate to say it but everyone yeah. it ain't private as much as you think it is so we can pull a lot of that up on the internet so you get background what was the most uh shocking background information you gained on a residence that the owner didn't know um i have to say she might can speak for her own but i helped out a, another team where it turns out uh, there was a lot of prostitutes that were killed in their house oh my that goodness. they weren't aware of. So that's pretty shocking information for us. Yeah, having a, a house where uh, prostitutes were killed in would probably be a little bit shocking to a homeowner. Yeah. And for you, Kelly? For me, it was actually um, one of the houses I lived in. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. Um. Oh, so many things. Um, we we started experiencing weird things. You know, things would move around. Uh, we would see things out of the corner of our eye. I didn't think too much of it until one instance. This this is actually really crazy. My husband and I were just sitting on the bed talking and and playing around with our ovulus and um, you know just kind of asking questions just to see where we would get. Well, I was facing my husband. He was facing me. I was sitting in the middle of a king size bed. Uh, we started asking like, you know, what's your name? And are you, are you upset that we're here? About that time, I ended up getting pushed off the bed and flung up against the wall. 
it, it was probably about five or six feet away from where I, I went flying. Um, you know, my husband saw this and he jumped up to check on me and get me up. And I actually had a big, huge red mark down my side, which later turned to a bruise. So, you know, from that point on, um, I had gotten bitten, scratched, um, near about yanked out of the bed. It, it was it was a very scary experience. <laughs> we didn't stay in that house very long. Did you ever find out why there was so much anger in the house? No, we did not. We even did research. We did real extensive research trying to get to the bottom of it, but there was nothing as no reason as to why that would be happening. So we kind of came to the conclusion that it could have been one of us because it ended up following it, following us to the next house, but it was a different kind of entity. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Okay. Well, then that brings me up to my next question then. Uh, do you find that a lot of the experiences, the hauntings that you have in residences are tied to the location or to the individuals living there? That's that is a good, good even ways. number. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it could go both ways, actually. So as an empath, are you able to feel where the energy is coming from? Yes, I am. Um, normally, when we're going to a house, I start having visions and I see what I'm about to experience. And it's like they know that we're coming. So when I get there, when I first pull into the driveway, I feel it already. I, I can feel the energies coming at me because it, it's like I have, I'm a beacon in the night. I have that light bulb like, hey, I can hear you. I can see you. Come talk to me. So they, they immediately rush at me if there are several. It could be just one, but I, I feel it as soon as I get there. For those of us who don't have this empathic feeling, what can you describe what some of that feeling is? Do you feel it on your skin, uh, you know, uh, creeping up your spine, that kind of thing? Or how does it how does it actually physically feel to you? Physically, I would say that um, the hairs <laughs> rise up on the back of my neck or I feel a tingle or a cold spot, um, almost like a cold hand touching your arm. So uh, it, it could be a number of different things that I feel um, depending on the energy. Okay. If it's, if it's a, a negative energy, I can feel it because my heart will start racing and I'll start getting nauseous. Ooh. So, it affects me pretty hardcore. So it can get kind of a little bit dangerous then for you, doesn't it? Yes. That's why I have to take extra measures to protect myself. Good. Definitely. Uh, speaking of danger, uh, if you watch any of Courtney's uh, videos or TikToks, she spends a lot of time visiting cemeteries in the middle of the night. Can you tell us a little bit about how you experience doing that, Courtney? Uh, yeah, I, I tend to find myself in cemeteries at 3 a.m. for no reason. You know, it could be I'm bored or it could be like friends are like, oh, I'm bored. Let's let's go head out. Yeah, sure. Let's go to a cemetery because why not? Why not? Um it's not always dangerous and not all spirits are out to get people. You know, the cemetery we just actually went to last time, um, everyone was so welcoming. I mean, it wasn't even like a sense of dread or sorrow in that cemetery. They were like, oh, my God, visitors. Finally, is <laughs> how it usually is. But I really haven't had a negative impact or feeling 
in a cemetery yet. Knock okay. on wood so here. So you find that cemeteries, when they say are rest in peace, they are actually doing just At that? Peace. Yeah. Really. Do they know that you're there? We make sure they know we're there. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do that? Um, introduce ourselves. Um, make jokes. Uh, they're just people. So just like you would start a conversation with us, that's how you start a conversation with them. Really. So. Well, that brings me up to a question I've always had, and I've gotten different opinions. So I want to ask this of the two of you. Are ghosts aware that they're in a new time, that they're in a in our current time, or are they still stuck in the time of when they passed away and don't realize that there's been you know, years to centuries since then? Oh, well, like before, it could go both ways. Some spirits are fully aware that they have passed on, yet some tend to forget what year it is or how long they've been around. So personally, I've seen it go both ways. I've seen a spirit come to the light or be free, as you could say, whenever someone let them know, hey, it's 2023 here. It's time for you to move on. Uh, we've had that happen. I've also had ghosts refuse to leave because it was a new generation. Like, no, I want to stick here where I remember it being. So it can go both ways. And Kelly, for you? I agree with Courtney um, because it's like some may, the ones that don't know that they passed on, um, it, it's almost like, they're here for a reason, like they're waiting on something. They have unfinished business. Um, you know, like the ones that refuse to go, they're, they're the ones with either unfinished business or enjoying their time of haunting, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the easiest way to put it. <laughs> I totally agree with Courtney on, on everything. Because I remember reading uh, one of the stories that we did. We we did talk about the ghost of Savannah, and we were talking about Anne of the uh, 1900 Inn. And that, you know, she wanted to travel the world and see everything, but uh, she basically got locked in a room, and uh, then she jumped from the window and killed herself. So now her ghost sees the world through all the tourists coming into the hotel. Uh, so I guess that fits into what you were saying about them enjoying experiencing new a new world after their death correct that's how it is and and there's so many stories of her from 1790 i mean there's stories to where she did you know commit suicide or she was waiting on her lover to get back and he ended up cheating on her there's so many stories of them passed down from generation to generation it's so hard to believe which story is true unless we hear from Anne herself but she doesn't really speak too much have have either of you visited the uh, 1900 Inn? I have. Yes. I've I've personally did an investigation there. Oh, a full investigation there? Uh, a preliminary, you could we could okay. call it. It was only but like a couple of hours. Um, we didn't really get much. Spirits weren't really that active that time, but we did get a couple of REM pod hits and a couple of uh, good EVPs. Uh, if I believe the one that we did capture was like "Hello there." Oh, wow. it, was a it was a female voice though so it could have been in and kelly have you um we didn't get a whole lot um like courtney we had a lot of rim pod hits um the cat balls would start lighting up uh but we didn't catch any evps at all 
and we were we were just doing this on our own it, it was me and my husband we we've always done this together um but uh we didn't really catch a whole lot the one night that we went the cat balls would go off and you know, they would light up um but we we didn't really get a whole lot it was just my husband and i investigating um just on our own so where was would you say has been your biz your biggest uh, success or most active uh, location you've investigated hmm. gosh that's a hard one <laughs> yeah I, i'm sure there's 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 ones. <laughs> wait commercial or residential yeah uh, whichever one that. sticks out in your mind as oh my goodness i can't believe i we actually experienced that in person mm, that's a toss-up between uh, a residential case that I had in Charleston and also a toss up between the Savannah haunting house and Kelly can vouch for that one. Yeah. Uh, right, that tell one, me I about the haunting house. <clears throat> well, to start with, um, Kelly was doing an Estes method and this will forever be stuck in my mind. Okay. And before you those, start, can you, yep. for our audience that doesn't understand, can you explain yes. what the experience is? So an Estes method is basically a sensory deprivation. So you can't hear, you can't see anything. All you can hear is you have earbuds that all you're hearing is white noise or the spirit box. So all you're hearing is radio static. And spirits can use that to communicate to us through the white noise. Words can come through, phrases, whatnot. And so the person, you have a giver, and a receiver. The giver is to ask questions out loud from across the room or a, another room. And the receiver is the one that is under the sensory deprivation. Can't see, can't hear. So Kelly was the receiver. And oh. me and some other investigators were the givers. So we were asking questions. Now, Kelly didn't know much about the house going into it. Okay, she likes to go in blind, being an empath. So we were asking questions that may or may not involve the house. This is when Kelly decided to, and I'm keeping names out just in case, um, the owner's house name is in danger. Did Kelly know the said. owner's name beforehand? No. Oh, wow. <laughs> So, so out of the blue or out of the ether, pulled out the owner's name without knowing it and notified them that they were in danger. Correct. And Kelly, did what? How did that feel? I mean, did did they give you a warning of what kind or how bad of a danger were they in? Well, I, I remember this Estes method specifically because I remember it was saying. Uh, to run, they were gonna, they wanted to kill. Um, it, it was a very negative feeling that I was feeling as I was doing this because of the words that were coming through. Um, a lot of profanity. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, so, but it was basically saying it wanted to harm the homeowner. Um, did it give a reason why? No, we, we never did get a reason why, but during that time, I believe I was touched twice and, you know, could feel something standing right behind me. 
And just so everyone realizes that Courtney and the other givers are not even within arm's length of you. So there's no way it could have been them. No, <laughs> nope. <laughs> Was not anybody around me. <laughs> so how did the owner take this news? Um, The owner was not surprised. Really? He's, uh, he's down with a lot of negative energy in this house. So he was not surprised at all. So then what were your next steps to, you know, to alleviate or make peace between the two? There was a uh, no making <laughs> peace with oh, this. No. This no. is a constant thing. It has to get uh, treated by people way above our pay grade, per se. Yes. <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking exorcisms and sage burning and all that? Yes. Correct. <laughs> And do you know what the current status is of the residents? It's still, still the same. Shit. Oh, no. <laughs> still the same. Yeah. And then there have been other uh, paranormal teams that go in there, other investigators. Um, I'm not going to mention any names, but one in particular possibly went in and, and could have, you know, I guess intensified the activity a little bit by um, doing things they knew they weren't supposed to be doing in a house right. like that knowing the history okay so yeah. all right then that brings me up to a, a, the next topic i wanted to talk about when you go in do you go in with a plan of uh, what equipment you're doing and you know uh, what procedures you're going to do like the essay method uh you know do you have a game plan or does it get dictated by the activity of the spirits both <laughs> okay <laughs> but it, all these questions are probably going to be both only because you can only know so much through what the homeowner or the business owner is telling you that's been going on spirits can interact with different people so it might only talk to certain people it might only talk to certain people because they're a religion a lot of it's like fishing you never know what you're going to catch depending on what type of bait you use you know mm -hmm. or where and what time it's all up to that. So just bringing it back to spirits are people too. You know, sometimes we don't want to talk. We don't want to interact with people. They're going to do the same thing. And how do you uh, entice them to talk? Do you, do you have a particular bait that works best for you? Um, Personally, I love the spirit box. Okay. Spirit, spirit box and cat balls. The cat <laughs> toys are easily, they can easily be moved. It doesn't take a lot of energy for them to be moved. Uh, that's really good to use to connect with people. Uh, depending if we have a children's spirit, uh, we have boo bears. So it's mm -hmm. like a rim pod or a device that lights up if it gets energy in its range. Um, that's really good to use. So it all depends on the history that you know going into the business or residence. So you use the history to bring what type of tools you need and so forth. And Kelly, you're basically a beacon Tool of yourself her own. just walking in. Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, as you're doing the walkthrough, uh, I guess you pick up, you know, which areas to head towards just because of being an empath. Yes. I'm usually pulled to a certain area and I'll make that my first, <laughs> first place I go. Like say it's a room at the end of the hall, or if you have to go up the stairs um, but I usually just head straight for it. And if everybody follows, that's fine. If they don't, that's fine too. Well, okay. Let me, let me clarify that then. 
before you go into a place because of your empath and feelings of, you know, uh, paranormal spirits and stuff, do you do any procedures or, or uh, protections for yourself before you enter a dwelling? Yes, normally I do. Um, I usually carry a rosary that's been blessed by a priest. Um, and I also will sage myself sometimes or I will have my crystals for protection. Because um, you, you have different crystals that have different meanings. There, there are several different ones. Um, but that's normally what I have to do to protect myself. And it usually works pretty well. So, And sometimes it works too well to where they won't speak to me. Oh, you are, and how do you mentally prepare yourself? I mean, do you, you know, psych yourself up, you know, talking to yourself or do you like do a calming chant or... Uh, anything like that to get you in the right frame of mind for uh, accepting impressions? Normally what I do is I have like a meditation time. Okay. If I know I'm, I'm going on a, a big investigation, I have that, I have to take that time to meditate. Otherwise, if I go into it and my brain's still a bunch of chaos, say from work or, or what's been going on during the day, I, I can't really get a read on anything very well. It, it's not going to be a good reading. So I have to go in and meditate before I go to clear my head. That way I can be open and, you know, be able to feel what I need to feel and feel these energies. Yeah. And then for Courtney, uh, once you do uh, go in and you start your investigations and you're drawn to a certain area and you set up your equipment, what kind of a, a recording are you, are you doing of your results? How are you attracting your results? So uh, we usually have different cameras set up. Uh, this can be at any of the hot spots that uh, the owners tell us. Or um, I use Kelly a lot. Like she says, she's a beacon. So I follow her. It's like, hey, this is a hot spot over here. Let's set up a camera over here. So I also use her as a tool. And she knows that. <laughs> so um, we set up a tool or a camera uh, where it's going to be uh, like, say, if it's a long hallway. And they say they hear footsteps or they see shadows. You might want to cast a laser grid or a, a music box down that hallway. That way, if anything were to move or cross over in that hallway, that camera that we have facing there can pick it up. Um, and after you do an investigations, I guess I'm, I'm sh you have a lot of reviewing to go through. Is that accurate? Correct. And it helps if there is multiple of us only because you never know eyes can see different things. It never hurts to have another set of eyes viewing the same thing you just viewed because you might see something that's other person didn't see and vice versa, you know, and not going to lie sitting at a laptop screen, looking at 10 to 12 hours of footage at a time gets a little tiring and can get annoyed. Oh, yeah. So you might get antsy in your seat or you have to move around and then your focus is off the screen and you probably just missed something. So it's good to take breaks in between, you know, go, I go over an hour or two at a time. So I watch an hour, take a break, you know, eat, eat a snack, get a drink, something, come back to it. That's how I do my reviewing. And Kelly, when you're doing your reviewing, do you pick up things Additionally, you know, just looking at uh, videos and recordings, uh, does it like spark, uh, you know, uh, empathic feelings that you might have had before but didn't realize? Yes. 
Yes, I have actually got confirmation. Um, <laughs> you know, going into well, Colonial Park Cemetery. Let, let me talk about this. I, I captured a picture of a soldier standing towards the back and his leg was kind of propped up like you the Captain Morgan's rum. And I kept seeing this and I kept feeling it. And it was like, I know I'm seeing this. I know I, I can sense this, but I'm going to take a picture anyway. Later on, I reviewed the evidence. There it was. It confirmed everything. Um, it, it's happened in other pictures that I've taken. Uh, when Courtney and I went to the Sorrel Weed House and the one in the basement, I kept telling you. Hold on, hold on. Before you go in, what is this location? The Sorrel Weed House in Savannah. Mm -hmm. And what about what is the importance of this location? We had gone on an investigation there. Okay. And then what happened? And I kept sensing a certain area in the basement that there, there just something drew me to it. And I kept telling Courtney about it. So I snapped a few pictures. In one picture, you don't see anything. In the very next picture, I captured a man. And so it, it, it was pretty good evidence. <laughs> pretty exciting. I was like, Courtney, look. <laughs> and I want to add to that, too, to just specify how good she was at doing this. Um, not only did she capture that picture and sense it, but we had uh, a voice recorder out. We were doing an EVP session. And at the same time, this is when we capture an EVP of a voice going, yes, with the S just dragged out so long. And so it was connected too, to that image. It was, it was connected to that image is what we think because we snapped those pictures at the same time we were asking if anybody was here. Was Kelly sensing someone? And that's the same time we captured everything. And so, Kelly, what did you sense from this individual that was in the photo? Anything? Um, I sense that um, I, that he was maybe a slave oh. at, at one point um, because he wasn't dressed in like, you know, as a soldier or anything. He was more dressed in rags. So and just from the image of his profile, it, that's what I was feeling as well. You know, it, it kind of confirmed everything for me. Gotcha. And so then uh, when you're finished with all of your recordings and stuff, how do you uh, produce it out for the public? Well, um, that again usually goes if it's a commercial residential. Um, sometimes I've had cases to where the homeowner or business owner didn't want to know what was going on. Just want to clarification that there was indeed something here and they weren't losing their mind. They don't want to know anything we captured only because they wanted to continue living their daily lives as they did. But I've also had other cases to where they wanted everything. And that's what we give them. So we capture if whatever we capture, we gave it to them, even if it could be, you know, a whisper to a shadow an orb. Um, we put everything on the table that way, whatever we captured, they know. And that's including the history that we were able to research, any of the records we were able to find, all that's on the table for them to use and to to know as their own. Okay. But what about for general public, for like me, for me knowing, you know, your findings and stuff, how, how would I gain uh, access to, you know, hearing about what your uh, visitations were, what you felt and, you know, those, and what you found? Yeah, we uh we give everyone a report. 
So that's every investigator or camera camera crew that was there, everything that they felt, even if they think it's stupid, it's probably not. And that's what we tell everybody. You say exactly what you feel because everyone thinks everyone feels things differently. So we give the homeowner or the business owner a report on what we found, what we felt, um, how we went about doing things. And there's sometimes the homeowners or the business owner are still there with us. And we walk them through step by step on what we're doing and what we're feeling. Now for the general public, uh, usually we post our evidence online, whether it's YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. We have all of that uh, that we can post out to. That is only if we are able to, because sometimes residential cases we have to keep secret. You know, it's not out for general public. If the public oh. sees some of your findings, recordings and so forth, where would they look? Uh, the macabre mistress is what it's labeled under. Okay, so the macabre mistress is the name that you use for YouTube, TikTok. Do you and have a Facebook. Facebook group? Okay. Correct. And then Kelly, yours? Um, I actually am with Courtney. So anything that she posts is going to be, <laughs> you know, usually if I'm with her, that's where it's going is under her page. And I tag her in it. So as long yeah. as Kelly here is tagged in it, she's been there and she's been uh, an investigator with the evidence that was found. Yeah. I'll always give credit where it's fruit. So for any of you who do want to see some of these uh, images or hear some of these voices that have come through, definitely you want to, I'll have links in our show notes. Uh, Courtney, uh, after uh, what is your goal, you know, continuing doing these investigations? What do you hope to accomplish? I hope to accomplish people living at peace with the spirits because they were there first. Most of the time you come onto their property. So I want them to be able to live alongside these spirits and feel comfortable in their own homes. And that's my goal. Okay. Now, Kelly, for you, since you have an ability, does it seem to be getting stronger as you get more practice to it? Or are you getting better at focusing it and understanding it? Oh, yes. In the past, oh gosh, I'd say five years, it has intensified greatly. Um, I, I think it was because I had a bit of a trauma experience and um i actually died on the operating table oh, no. <laughs> so it, it kind of intensified everything after that um, i have heard about that that uh you know uh life you know death uh, experiences can really focus your attention and your connection so you already having that i guess yeah it, it definitely <laughs> made me more in tune with everything it's like it opened up that third eye even wider well, as we are closing up, I do want to ask you, uh, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to make sure we add into this interview? If you need help, please call us because we will come out <laughs> to your residence, your, your business. There's no charge. For any individual who wants uh, background checks, wants uh, the, high, the highest tech equipment utilized for investigations, and people who have abilities that you do not have to kind of make uh, connections with these spirits, then the macabre mistress with Courtney and Kelly is definitely your go-to people, especially for Savannah. And with Savannah being the most haunted city in America, I can see you guys being very busy. Um, oh, yes. 
<laughs> and that's not only just Savannah. I mean, we service the surrounding states. So we go to Florida, to South Carolina. Um, we'll go as far as North Carolina. As long as it's, you know, a case we can handle, we'll do it. That's great. Well, I want to thank you for coming on to the show. I uh, definitely want to have you back. If you know you have a big case you want to tell everyone about, you are more than welcome to come back and share any experiences that you have. I'm really fascinated with the work that you're both doing. So please keep it up. Uh, I'm enjoying watching the TikTok videos, uh, definitely the YouTube uh, entries about some of the investigations you've done. Kelly, you are the first uh, empath that I've met. So it was really interesting. And I'm not going to lie, a little terrifying, especially <laughs> telling about being thrown from the bed and so forth. So yeah, uh, please be careful. Uh, for the rest of our audience, please make sure you check them out. And uh, if you do need their help, they are the people to contact. So uh, I think it's time to come out of the mist. Uh, thank you again to Courtney and Kelly. And for the rest of you, if you do see that shadowy uh, figure in the next room, please remain constantly curious and have a great day. Thank you, everyone.